yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah. Yeah. You know what he be talking about, talking about Michael Charles. They know what they be talking about, talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know him like I know him, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want to love, yeah, and who's about, who's about. So listen to Professor uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention. Yes. Is he gonna teach the lesson? Hey Charles, how's it going? Doing well, Doc, doing well. I mean, we it is uh time to get into it now. We got a bevy of games. And a lot of stuff going on this upcoming weekend. Looking forward to it. That's right. This is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Welcome to episode 424 Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU. Athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We just call it the HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Charles, we had Mike, man. We just had him this weekend. <laughs> we had him this Monday back in. We do a surprise. We can understand. You know, we kind of got on the road. Uh, we made it happen for the press conference Labor Day. Uh, but now it's showtime. First week zero, week one. Perfect time week to take zero. A, perfect time to take a vacation. Get out on the <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Yes, I, indeed. I, I wasn't sure. So, man, is the Cabo somewhere? I don't know. So what? Let me be quiet. Yeah, because he's gonna turn in a sick note now. Be like, this is uh, never mind. Coming <laughs> from our home studios and sending a signal live case away to our 30 a.m. studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Well, we started off with week zero, got a game in there. Had a couple of HBCUs playing. You had Florida Memorial, got off the ground. You had Langston, uh, both of them at the NIA level. But then you had the major game, you had Swag Challenge. We got to talk about it a little bit yesterday. Um, but let me just jump in here. I like what HBCU game they did with Jackson State dominated South Carolina State. I think that was appropriate title for this. Three takeaways. Mm-hmm. You know, after uh, Jackson State got it done, 37-7, to seven, with a late score for South Carolina State for pretty much the game, they shut them out. Uh, first half, I'm not sure if they crossed the 50-yard line to be, um, give you some mm-hmm. indication of what was taken care of there. And the score could have been a little more worse than it was with a missed field goal, you know, fumble as they were going in for a drive and things of that nature. But it didn't look like Jackson State had any drop off for 2022 under T.C. Taylor, the new head coach of the program. Obviously, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, has departed. He moved on. But Jackson State still has high expectations with its fans. Some may see even higher because they want to get that national championship. Well, they started off in the right way, I will say that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Brown, the new quarterback, transfer that came in there, seemed to really do his part, handled the game well. Um, did his read his keys as assignment, uh, had uh, the ability they put up for 500 yards. Defense hailed South Carolina State to just a total over 200 yards. Um, and then the third thing, it looks like South Carolina State has a lot to figure out. I would agree with that in terms of Stephen Gaither and what you saw in the write-up for HBCU game day. Let me get your perspective in terms of what you saw Saturday night, late night. Uh, you t- I think they checked all the boxes, uh, from offense, defense, special teams. Uh, I talked with uh, a lot of uh, you know people uh, who've been following Jackson State for a long time, and I think one of the things that really jumped out for us was you know the the, the two tight end personnel. I mean, it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've seen uh, Jackson State with sort of these power packages, if you will. Uh, they had there were multiple occasions they had two and three tight ends in the games, and I can't remember the last time two different tight ends called touchdowns in the Jackson State game, uh, much like we had this past uh, weekend. But I think that was a huge win. Uh, another takeaway that I had was I think it was a, a, a huge win for Jackson State's fan base. Uh, I think to psychologically move forward uh, into the 2023 season uh, with this team, and a lot of questions were answered because I think there were just a lot of unknowns going into this game. Man, I have a great appreciation for what you just broke down there. Um, makes a lot of sense in terms of just the different ways that you look at and avenues that you speak of. Tight end has seemed to be in a lost art in the college mm. game. So the fact that he threw it in there is not just <laughs> Jackson State. Uh, but it was a nice wrinkle. It's certainly one that woke work this past weekend. So good stuff. Let me give a shout out, and then I'll come back to you and see what your thoughts are on some uh, news of the day that you wanted to get out here. But I wanted to give uh, – Lab listeners, as we open things up in week one, it seems like a lot of folks are jumping on here, a lot of folks are excited. So I want to give some love to the people that make us do what we do. Jeff Roberts, Chuck Hunt, Ron Waters. Chuck Hunt says, checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. Good evening. Ron Waters says, hey, guys, uh, as he's representing over there in Florida, Bethune-Cookman, uh, chiming in from not-so-sunny Orlando, Florida. Yes, be careful over there. Sarah Beverly, Garland Dunlap. Uh, as she says appropriately, stay safe. Jeff Roberts make sure they know. Hashtag Aggie Pride. Big game this mm. weekend. Silas McMorris. Um, Amos Fawcett. What's up, guys? Game week A&T. They look like they're ready. They're deep. LaShawn Harris. Mary Allen says hello, everyone in the HBCU land. Edwin D. Moore. G. Boom Holly. Good evening, Lab Rats, as he likes to say. Carol Keelum. Jerry Johnson. Ricky Burton. Jazz D, you know, uh, in the building. Michael Ford, Kofi Woodall, Willie Alex Hine. What else we have here? See Michael Ford getting in the building. Appreciate you all as y'all uh, chiming in. And I agree with you for those in Florida. Stay safe. It'll be fascinating. We have a couple of games. We'll see if this has any impact. We'll get in a little bit about that, about those games in Florida. Obviously, the big one. And we'll talk about it later in the show, Jackson State and FAMU. You also have another rivalry game down there that features NIA, NCAA Division II now with Edward Waters, Florida Memorial in terms of those programs. We understand what took place in Jacksonville. So prayers for everybody in that community. Obviously devastating to continue to hear um, what we understand 
particular where it's uh, hitting home. Obviously, we've heard too many times about call-ins for bombing at HBCUs, and now you actually have somebody that went to HBCU campus. Um, much support uh, to the staff there that took care of things, but then we find out that while it did not directly affect HBCU students, faculty, administrators, that just down the street, that we lost three people in their lives. To and Doc, Doc, Doc I do want to say, have a moment of silence for that. Yeah, and I yes. do want to, I do want to hail that security guard uh, as a hero because he uh, thwarted what could have been an even larger tragedy uh, in terms of, uh, you know, being on top of his job. So. Uh, to whomever that person is, kudos go out to you. Yeah, I saw an interview with him yesterday as a young man. Um, he did not consider himself a hero, but I agree with you that um, he took his job serious to another level and for mm-hmm. what could be and, and what we now seen. It could have been much worse. Also, kudos to the students, you know, um, in terms of reporting to authorities and re- was to them seeing something that concerned them that just wasn't normal. And the fact that a lot of times that they could have just moved forward and, and not dealt with the issue. So the fact that they got in front of this, uh, kudos to the president out there at Edward Waters in regards to what he continues to build and the seriousness that he took this and how he got in front of it and taking care of students. So um, you're right. A lot of folks, uh, we appreciate that. Before I go back to you for some other news and maybe some more thoughts that you want to share, because certainly wanted to make sure you get that in there because great points that need to be said. Chad Cooper, Brian Gaffier is in the building. Uh, HBCU Heritage Center is always uh, making sure that he is in here taking care of us. With that being said, let me go back to you, get your thoughts in terms of some news of the day. Yeah, and I know we're going to dive into this just a little bit, but uh, the BXY Challenge draws near 1 million viewers on the ABC uh, this past weekend. So this is per Sports Media Watch. Uh, the Jackets State 37-7 win over South Carolina State drew an average of 922,000 viewers, which was a .57 TV rating on the ABC. So only Notre Dame uh, versus Navy, which was played on NBC earlier in the day, received a higher TV rating. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff when you talk about the night game. And this was the fact that it wasn't necessarily aired in every market. And some of that was out of control with some negotiations going on throughout the landscape. Uh, but to hear that is certainly good news in terms of what that looks like. MIAC football schedule 2023 is officially revealed across the board. The MIAC has announced its football schedule for 2023 and across ESPN platforms, including games on linear networks. ABC and ESPN, ESPN Plus. Obviously, we know it kicked off with the week zero, the Expect Challenge. We talked about that a little earlier. It ends with the Cricket Celebration Bowl in uh, December, that Saturday, uh, December 16th. Of the conference's 52 regular season games, MEAC teams are slated to make 45 appearances on televised or stream games. That's 87% of the schedule. MEAC teams will be featured on seven national televised games on ESPNU. In addition, all conference matchups will be streamed live on ESPN, along with 15 non-conference games hosted at MEAC member institutions. ESPNU Game of the Week begins on Saturday, October the 21st. Really gets interesting. You said this, Charles, when you talk about this uh, in regards to um, 
the five game stint for the MIAC. It's like a mini playoffs. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. just can't afford much slips up in that. Uh, you also have wild card matchups to be announced no later than Monday, October the 9th. Uh, and that's when you get into the point when you talk about wild cards, that's when they get to flex based on some of the games there. So uh, a pair of conference games to be aired on ESPNU on Thursday night with previous feature North Carolina Central and Morgan State on October 19th, South Carolina State on North Carolina Central on October 26th. Both games will be kickoff live at 7.30 uh, Eastern time, 6.30 Central time. With that, we'll take our first break, come back on the other side, and get into some more HBCU talk. We got some big games this week, Charles. You ready? We got some big ones. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Let's get into it. We'll be right back after this break. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We have none other than Coach Shotgun, Willie Shotgun Simmons, as I've known him. Uh, Coach Simmons, head coach of the FAMU Rallies. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just uh, preparing for the storm, but other than that, man, we're doing well. Yeah, I know. You always find a way that you seem to 
have the, the storms come your way to open the season. Uh, we got to find a way to get that out of your way. Well, you know, it's Florida. So it's, it's three seasons in Florida. It's, it's spring football season, fall football season, the hurricane season. So uh, <laughs> it just happens to all run together sometimes. But uh, we, we expect that every year we're going to get probably at least one. And, um, you know, this one here, obviously, depending on the path, can, uh, can you know, have a little bit of damage. But uh, we're all prepared and, um, you know, been through a lot of them. The one out there in Houston was probably the worst one I've been a part of. So, but uh, obviously I'm home with the little ones and don't try to get them organized. Hey, take your system. No problem. Take time. We yes, got We've been there. I, I got my I got my hands pulled this past weekend, and I got to get him to the game. He just started school so he's really excited i didn't train a little bit of television i didn't know what that means now he think he's a star <laughs> that's right yes it did. Like, hold on man this 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 me with that being said before we get into these x and o's quickly i just had i just have to know houston stakes or miami stakes houston stakes or miami yeah, stakes as a state you know what you stakes I haven't really eaten a steak in Miami other than the ones that we get at the hotel. And I, well, you know, no, that's not true. I ate one at Shoeless. So, man, that's a tough one. Um, I've had a lot of steaks in Houston, though. So, just by sheer <laughs> quantity, um, you know, it, Texas is the beef state. And, and so, I got to go to Houston. I got to go to Houston on that one. <laughs> Good, good, yes, good. indeed. <laughs> now you had me nervous there for a minute, Coach. I thought I was gonna have to go find me some new steak places. I thought I, I well, I said that so you can treat me next time I come. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a trip. I knew it was a, a trick. I was, I was waiting on Let's it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you knew he was gonna slide it in there somewhere, <laughs> Coach. Uh, how do you feel about this week getting into the game? Well, yeah, we're excited. You know, it's a great opportunity. Uh, start of football season, you know, I, I feel really good about this team. We've had a great training camp. Uh, I really like how the team has come together. And uh, just excited to be able to show everyone what we feel is the best team that we've fielded since we've been here. Um, we feel like we have all the key ingredients. You know, the, the quarterback play is always critical. Uh, I feel like we're really strong on defense, uh, really sound and solid on special teams. Uh, and then we we, th we feel like we shored up the the weakness that we had last year, which was the run game, you know, so between the running backs we signed in the transfer portal and the offensive linemen that we brought in, along with the growth and development of the ones that are returning, that were returning, uh, we feel we'll be able to run the ball effectively. So, again, I, I think we have the makings of a really good team. Obviously, that's on paper. And we have to get on the field and do it. But uh, I, I don't I don't think I've been this excited about a team in a long time. Charles, you want to follow up? Yeah, I, I, I want to ask this, uh, Coach, in terms of, when you watched Jackson State this past weekend, were there any surprises? I mean, what 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 were your expectations in terms of watching them this past weekend? Uh, well, you know, I I, I really think I had expectations. Um, I, I really wanted to watch the game as a fan of college football, a fan of black college football, uh, and then you know to do a little bit of early scouting. Um, I knew they'd come out and play hard. You know, obviously, whenever you have a head coach who played at the school. Uh, who was a really good player at the school and who's been a part of winning teams and cultures there, uh, you don't expect a huge drop-off, you know. So I knew that the team would come out and play hard. Um, TC's been around the game a long time. You know, this isn't his first rodeo. His first head coaching job, but it's not his first rodeo. And so I wasn't surprised that they played hard, that they played with a lot of passion. 
um, a lot of energy, you know, again, didn't didn't really know what they were going to do offensively or defensively. So to see them push the tempo the way they did um, was something that kind of caught me off guard. Um, you know, so that's obviously something you got to prepare for. But I, I probably was more surprised at how they handled South Carolina State. You know, obviously going up against those guys during our time in the MEAC, uh, it was always a tough, uh, hard-nosed game. And uh, those guys really play hard. So to see Jackson handle them the way they did really opened a lot of eyes. But not surprised in the least bit that, that, that they showed that they're a really good football team. And I think you kind of touched on it a little bit. But uh, just in terms of, I guess, in, the, in your recruiting, uh, do you feel as though the gaps that you saw on your team last year, you, you've addressed that, especially going into this game, which, you know, a lot of people point to could be for supremacy of the Eagles. Yeah, you know, obviously every year you go in and you assess um, where you are. You assess the, the, the attrition that you'll have, whether it be through graduation or now because of the nature of, of, uh, of the landscape of collegiate athletics, the transfer portal. You know, yeah. back in the old days, you only had to worry about guys graduating. Now you have to worry about them transferring out as well. So, um, you know, we we knew we were losing some really good players and Isaiah Land, Xavier Smith, uh, Chris Fadul, Jose Roman Martinez. Uh, a lot of guys that played a lot of snaps for us, we knew we were losing. Uh, but then you lose a Kamar Stevens in the transfer portal. And so, you know, we really wanted to make sure that we, we showed up our defensive line. And so we were able to go out and get uh, four, I think five or six transfer defensive linemen uh, that have come from a, a myriad of places. You got FBS transfers, some FCS transfers, uh, just to build some quality depth along the lines. But the main issue we wanted to address, again, was was the running game. And so – bringing in a Cardell Thomas um, on the offensive line, uh, Ashton Grable, um, Yannick Ogunlade, and then signing Jacquez Yant and Kevin Dean at running back, uh, we feel uh, definitely strengthen our run game. And if, if our run game can complement uh, the, 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 the level of passing that we are capable of doing, I think it'll make us a really, really balanced offense and, and make, us, make us hard to defend. Sure. Coach, with your um, experience both in the MEAC previously, before that SWAC, going back and forth, I remember a couple of chances we got to interview you um, looking at those matches between MEAC and SWAC. And there was some conversation about how the MEAC uh, was physical. Uh, do you see that the SWAC has maybe made the turn in terms of getting physical, more physical uh, in terms of the conference play itself? and due to those matchups to make sure they can match up in those type of games? Well, yeah, I think what you see is the, um, the advent of the transfer portal really helping mm. the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, you know, for a long time, I think when, 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 when SWAT schools had to recruit from the high school and junior college ranks, typically it's hard to get developed offensive linemen. Uh, we look mm. at 18-year-old or even going into the junior college ranks where you're getting a guy who – um, you know, hasn't been in a four-year college. It has has the type of resources that that those guys need. Whereas in the Northeast, they just grow a little bit bigger, right? It's indoors. They, they're just bigger coming out of high school. So um, you were able to get a little bit more physical. Uh, and plus the nature of ball that you have to play up in that region when it gets cold in late October, November, mm -hmm. uh, you better be able to run the football. Whereas it's still warm in the South, so you still can play basketball on grass. But now with the transfer portal, you look at the footprint, of the SWAC, well, where is it? It's right, in the, it's right in the heart of the SEC in the Big 12. And so now you look at the transfers, a lot of those guys are coming from SEC programs. They're coming from Big 12 programs. And so we're able to get bigger offensive linemen, defensive linemen, tight ends, linebackers, 
those positions that were really hard to recruit coming out of high school and junior college before the transfer portal, now we're able to get them. And so I think you see the SWAC mm -hmm. becoming a much more physical league. And uh, I think you saw a lot of that this past Saturday. Good stuff. I know, obviously, um, with the matchups between FAMU and Jackson in the last couple of years, TC being on the staff, previous stints, have you had a chance to coach against TC uh, in terms of uh, him being on the staff with one of the matchups you had in the past? Well, we he was the offensive coordinator um, at North Carolina Central. Uh, when we played them back in, in 2018. And so, you know, familiar with them. I've known TC for a while. And uh, obviously he was on the staff at Jackson the last two years. So this this isn't our first time going up against one another. Obviously it will be our first time as head coaches going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Um, but again, the utmost respect for TC, you know, he's earned it. Uh, he, he's, he's done his time. Um, you know, he's been around some great programs, great coaches. And you see him putting his own footprint on that program. And that's what you want to see. So, again, fully expect the heavyweight fight. Two really good football teams going toe-to-toe. And, um, you know, the team that, that prepares the best and the team that uh, doesn't do the things to beat themselves, uh, I, I think we have the best chance to come out victorious on Sunday. Man, that coaching speak is good. I, I like it. <laughs> no bullet to board material this week. With that being said. I, you know, and when you asked the question, I said, well, Kavir trying to be messy. He's trying to be messy. <laughs> He's trying to be messy. I ain't going to do it. I was just curious. I was just curious. My job to ask the questions. You get to answer them the way you feel like it. I like it, Coach. With that, that being said, when you go to look at the film, I know obviously a lot of the things you want to focus on your team and executing, doing the things that you want to get done in the game plan that you put together. But on the other side, you do watch film in regards to the team. How far do you go back? Uh, when you're filming TC, obviously the coordinators are new. How do you go about putting together game film to try to figure out some things? Obviously, you might get a little more help because they did play in week zero. Can you talk a little bit about that process just to educate our fans? Yeah, you know, that's the tricky thing about college football. Um, this is the only sport, to my mm -hmm. knowledge, where there's no preseason. Mm -hmm. and so every other sport, you get a chance to play exhibition games, preseason games. To, to be able to get some type of idea uh, of what the team looks like. Um, in college football, <clears throat> college football is right out of the gate. And so a lot of times, you know, you have head coaching changes, coordinator changes. Uh, you're just basing it off the information that you can that you can gather, where they were before. Um, and, again, if they weren't a play caller, you, may, you got a situation there at Jackson where uh, the defensive coordinator didn't call plays last year. And so he was at Alcorn State as a defensive line coach. So do you study – Alcorn State's defense and try to assume he's going to bring a lot of that with him to Jackson. Do you look at his tree from previous stops and try to start piecing it together to see what his philosophy is? You just kind of really, you, you got to kind of go with your gut. And so the biggest thing early in the season, I think, is, is you focusing on your execution. Just making sure that you're sound in your, in, in your rules uh, up front on the offensive line, you know, in the back end, coverage-wise, making sure that, you know, you're able to, to, to cover as many things as you can. You never have all the answers to the test until you get about three or four games in. And so you just try to do the best job you can to make sure that you're not, again, putting yourself in a bad position. But that's that's one of the interesting things about college football, that every game matters. And you're coming right out of the gate with the game with no prior prep, uh, no ability to study film, and you just you just hope for the best. Man, appreciate it. That is so true. Um, great point when you talk about that. Um, let me let Charles squeeze in this last one before we go to the break. 
Yeah, I, I, real quick, uh, in terms of Jeremy Moose uh, comes in, swag preseason offensive player of the year, but uh, what is the progression that you've seen uh, from him from 2022 uh, through camp? Yeah, I mean, we we haven't mentioned any words about it or you know, been bashful about it. This is Jeremy's first time since high school that he'll have the same play caller two years in a row. And so mm. um, just the ability to be engulfed in the system more than one year, uh, it, it shows. It shows in his maturation. It shows in his processing of information, how he looks at the game now, uh, starting to see it from my lens. So the conversations that we have, uh, head coach or, or play caller to, to quarterback, are more in line with what you would want to see from a veteran guy. He asks good questions. You know, he challenges the way we read things or the progressions or even the routes themselves. And we've tweaked or changed some things because he came in with a suggestion and said, Coach, because of the way I read it and progress it, why don't we change it to this? This route's getting here too fast or it's not getting here quickly enough. So can we change the depth? Can we change the route? And once I had a chance to think about it, I said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you want to cater your offense to the guy that's pulling the trigger. So just to see him take that that role as the unquestioned leader of this football team, challenging the receivers, the O-line, the offense, even the defense every day, uh, it really, really makes you proud as a coach to see a guy uh, take the bull by the horn. Because, uh, again, you don't get leaders like that in today's climate. You know, a lot of guys sure. are working about being liked, uh, about how people feel about them. You know, Jeremy doesn't mind guys joking on him because he has that California accent. Doesn't mind, you know, them getting in their feelings because he's holding them accountable and getting on them. He's doing the best job he can to make sure that his last year uh, is one that he'll remember forever. Sure. Thank you, Coach. I know you have a busy schedule. We'll make sure you uh, get back to your schedule of things. But I appreciate you getting in those X and O's and give us some insight uh, in terms of the film and coaching philosophy. It's a great opportunity. Excited about this matchup and can't wait to uh, check it out on television. Good luck this weekend and for Roy, Brian, and AD. Go Rattlers. <laughs> you didn't add Charles to that. Go ahead and do it one time, Charles. It feels good. Just one time. Just, just take two fans. Like it. it feels real good. <laughs> Appreciate you guys, man. Look, look Appreciate you, coach. <laughs> Appreciate you, coach. Have a good one. Thanks. We'll be right back after this break. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123.
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. <laughs> this is Dr. Mill inside the HBC Sports Labs. We have the coaches of the hour between this big matchup Coach T.C. Taylor, Coach Willie Simmons. Coach C.C. Taylor, let me talk to you first and ask you about this matchup. What are your thoughts in terms of playing a conference game uh, that counts opening up the season, essentially? Uh, I think it's a tough test for our football team early on in the season. Uh, it's all marbles on everything, all chips in, all everything on the line with a, a football game of this magnitude. Uh, going against a great football team that was picked to win the uh, you know, the East Division. Uh, what, 10 all-conference guys got the best offensive player in the conference right now, preseason all-conference player of the year. So, I mean, shoot, if you, I, I, I'm going to say it like this. The, the right place to be this Sunday is in Miami. You know, it's going to be a good – it'll be a good place for a lot of fans to show up and be there and show support for both programs. But it's going to be a good football game on both sides of the ball. I know defensively they got, they got some guys that can really fly around. Um, some depth back depth on the defensive line and in the secondary, a, 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 co a couple of great linebackers up in there that can really strike. So I'm just looking forward to it. And, you know, another big weekend uh, coming up um, this Sunday on ESPN. Coach Simmons, let me go to you in regards to you, you've been at this for a while in terms of having open the season. I, I'm thinking that most of your coaching head coaching stint has been about playing a conference game to open up the season. Uh, other than last year with North Carolina, uh, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of having to deal with it? Yeah, I think y'all trying to run me out of the swag because every, <laughs> every year I've been the head coach in the swag, I've had to open the season with a conference game. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's definitely not for the weary. Um, but like TC said, man, it's it's, it's a tough outfit. Um, you know, not very often do you have two teams that are picked basically one and two Um the last three years in conference to start the season, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's good for fans. You know, it gives them something to look forward to early in the season, uh, but it makes it really, really tough uh, for football teams to know that, you know, you're, you're playing from behind basically after week one, you know, so I know a lot of conferences 
are kind of changing their models to where it's not necessarily divisional, that it's kind of going by the best records. And, and we even talked about that as a, as a, as head coaches in the league. Um, but again, it makes it really, really difficult uh, to when you have, again, two, you know, again, I know people won't like it, but on paper, the two best teams in the conference are playing week one. There are other teams playing in, in conference, but it's not counting, you know? And, and so I think it gives you a chance to play a really good game that people want to see. Um, it's on national television. So neither one of us will turn down that opportunity. Uh, but it but it does really suck that one team will walk out of there 0 and one 0 and one in conference and, and basically be fighting for fighting from behind the rest of the season. Yeah, you're talking about essentially FCS two top 25 teams, most HBCU polls. These teams are both top five, top three in a lot of cases. So not only are you talking about the top in the conference, the top in the division, but you're talking about top FCS programs. Uh, whether it's HBCU or the entire SBS in itself. Charles, go ahead with a follow-up question um, before we take our next break. Yeah, and real quick, uh, because uh, this is such a uh, fascinating matchup, especially when you take a look at the sort of the, the roster breakdown for both teams on paper. You guys are so similar, but uh, it's the little intangibles. And I wanted to both of you guys kind of talk about uh, your strength and conditioning. Uh, uh, Jackson State, I was extremely impressed uh, with you guys in terms of the opening game uh, for you guys to look so fresh out there uh, and things of that nature. But I really wanted you to highlight uh, the work that you put in in this triple-digit uh, weather. Yeah, I mean, that's a um, – have to give a shout-out to our strength coach, uh, Coach Beef over here, what he done with those guys throughout the summer. You know, we really uh, push things to the limit with these guys, having them here on campus in both sessions of summer school, uh, preparing for this, uh, these types of games, these, this type of, uh, you know, these temperatures we're getting out here in the weather and um, just pushing them and telling the guys, like I told them the other day, like uh, <laughs> we'll be playing at what, three o'clock come this weekend. So mm -hmm. we got to get out there and, it, you know, in the heat and um, get after it. But for the most part, it's the people behind the scenes, you know, the strength coaches, your trainers. Uh, we, we preach hydration, you know, taking care of them off the football field, away from us just uh, continuously deal uh, uh, 24 hours around the clock of trying to get them prepared. I mean, you want them to be in tip-top shape and you work towards it, but until you get out there in it, it's the people that kind of can help them recover that what matters. You know what I mean when I say that? Uh, I don't care how <laughs> much of a good of a shape you're in, uh, 100 degrees is 100 degrees. Be out there toting pads and helmets and things like that on, and you as coaches uh, pushing them to the – to the brinks of exhaustion, it's your trainers that's what matters. It's the nutrition, um, the, the the strength coach for us, getting them to recoup and get them ready for that next day. Coach Simmons? Yeah, I mean, you hit it spot on. Um, you know, two teams from the South. You know, it's hot in Jackson, Mississippi. It's hot in Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, you try your best to acclimatize the guys, but at the same time, you got to be smart, right? You know, you, you go out there and you, you overexert them. Now you're losing guys for practices. Uh, and all those things. So, like TC said, the the, the nutrition, the the rest, the, the hydration, uh, the treatment, you know, the, all those behind the scenes people that never get credit. You know, the strength coach may get his, may be seen on the sideline because he's standing close to the the head coach. You know, the training staff may be seen when somebody goes down and they go sprint out there. The equipment manager Holly's ever seen. You know, but all those people, the, the nutritionists, uh, all those people are critical. They're essential uh, for our success. You know, so again, we try to do our best to reward them and recognize them, because uh, without them, we couldn't we couldn't do that. You know, to be in Miami Gardens, 
we've been there two years in a row. We ran a little bit year one. Uh, then the sun came back out last year was a, was a cooker. And, you know, again, that stadium gets extremely hot. I expect nothing different this year. And, and like TC said, until you actually get out there and play in it, it's one thing to practice, one thing to scrimmage. But to be out there for 60 minutes in it is a totally different story. So, you know, their team has experienced it. Ours hasn't. And, uh, you know, hopefully that won't be a factor that, that puts us at a competitive disadvantage. We'll be right back after this next break. We'll see you on the other side. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help Accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who's about, so listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention as he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will, inside HBC Sports Lab. Yeah, the behind the scenes, boy. You should hear that talk behind the scenes. Shout out to Roy for making it happen, boy. Roy created his own contest show. With that being said, <laughs> this is Dr. Will, inside the HBC Sports Lab. We have none other than the head football coach at Jack State University, T.C. Taylor, coming off his first win as the head coach against South Carolina State. I know you're tired of talking about that. It's time to move forward, but I did want to acknowledge is MEAC Swag Challenge champion. But let's get into the talk for this week as we turn the page in the chapter. Um, what are your thoughts about going into this matchup? Uh, uh, this game is for – it is this, this the one. You know, we had the, the big one this past weekend, a kind of revenge deal, wanted to get down for as far as what happened a couple years ago in the national championship game. But – uh we're telling our guys and we're preparing like this is a national, I mean, a SWAC championship type game, you know, and that's basically what it's been the last couple of years. You know, you look at the last couple of years, what's happening to the winner of the football, of this football game has been basically going on to win the SWAC championship and had opportunity to play in the celebration bowl. But um, after going through that game last weekend, we got, a, I feel like we got a very good football team. You know, I can honestly say that we got a very good football team. And I know a lot of those players that's coming back. I've seen them uh, last year and the uh, year before, a couple of them that uh, Coach Simmons has down there. So it's going to be some sparks flying down there in Miami come this weekend. Mm. I mean, you talking about two highly competitive, highly rated um, just teams. And, and the, the, the thing that I'm interested to see now, looking forward to the weekend, the team speed of both teams. I always, I'm, that's me. I, I'm a team speed guy. I just want to see the, the the competition for us, team speed, and how both teams are flying around out there. But it's going to be a magical weekend, you know, uh, come up coming this uh, Sunday on ESPN. You know, I'm the business side of this. So I just love the brand match between these institutions. I've had a great opportunity to work 
with both of you all as coaches mm-hmm. behind the scenes, seeing the maturation, the growth, and just the way that y'all think about the game of football. Mm-hmm. And you always don't get a chance to really put that on display. With that being said, how do you go in this game in terms of the analysis? Obviously, you had a game. Now you put some things on film. So, you know, tactically, those things can kind of be analyzed. Mm-hmm. Where do you go when you start watching film of this team in terms of your next move? I know a lot of times it's about concentrating on yourself and doing what you want to do. But there's a chess match that is played. Yeah. That people don't always get a chance to talk to you, coaches. If you would share a little bit of at least your mindset in terms of how you designate your coaches about how we're going to prep and get ready for this game, not psychologically, but in terms of the X's and O's. Well, it's a couple of things that come to mind. I always look at, you know, uh, even when I was a coordinator and position coach, I always looked at when I was going against any football team matchups. You know, the one-on-one battles. Mm-hmm. You know, can this guy match up with this guy? If not, how do we help this player be great in this particular game in these four quarters? That comes with the scheme part of it. But if he's just a better player, he's a better player. We feel like we'll be fine there. And then the things that you – like, for instance, we just played a football game. The things we weren't good at, I think that's a lot of times what they're looking at and things that they're going to attack. We weren't very good in red zone offense. We got to get better this week at that. Uh, we weren't very good. We could have been better tackling. We had a lot of missed tackles to meet, or, you know, as far as what I saw out there. We got to be better at The turnovers made me sick to my stomach, you know. Uh, the, just putting the ball on the ground wasn't very good. So I know they're going to be, you know, trying to strip the ball away from us. Just things, little things like that. Third down, I feel like we can be better and improve on uh, going into this football game. So those are things I look at. You know, first thing first, I look at the one-on-one matchups. How do our players match up with this guy? How do our offensive line match up with their D-line or our receivers with their DBs, vice versa? And then try to figure out, you know, figure out ways to help those guys be successful, help our players be successful. And then, you know, the things that we weren't good at. Hmm. Charles, go ahead and follow up. You know, Coach, you know this Jackson State fan base extremely well. And I even had to reach out to uh, a Hall of Famer, uh, Sam Jefferson, in terms of asking this question. Uh, in terms of – I don't think this fan base has seen uh, this type of roster overhaul. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think it did for the collective psyche of this Jackson State fan base to kind of transition from 2022 to 2023 and get this W this open week? take a deep breath and know that, you know, we still playing good football here. It was a lot of people in Atlanta wasn't might not have necessarily been coming to see us win the game, but they just needed to have some assurance that we got to still have a competitive football team. And I thought we went above and beyond and showed, you know, our players went above and beyond and basically showed that, you know, we could st- still play football. That's where, you know, towards the fourth quarter, you could just feel the excitement, the energy in the stadium to say that we'll have an opportunity if we just play great football, do the right things, we'll still have an opportunity to be playing in December, playing in a SWAC championship game. It was just so much doubt. And then that's it. that the day don't know us for a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The day don't know us for a lot of people because I was so ready to just show our fan base, our team, you know what I mean? And just show that, you know, everything's going to be okay. We're still going to get the most out of these uh, young athletes here and they're going to play hard every football game, you know, and um, that's what I was so excited about for the fans, you know, to, just to finally put this football team on display and let them see that we, we, we're we going to continue to have some success here at Jackson State. Follow up on that in terms of uh, 
somebody on display, uh, Jason Brown. Uh, yeah. And I made this I made this point. I, I, I thought it was going to be really hard, you know, to replace 40 touchdowns and six interceptions. But just talk about Jason in this opening game in terms of his process and of what you guys are trying to do on offense. Uh, well, the thing about Jason, Jason is an old dude. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I tell people. Like, <laughs> Jason has played a lot of football and I've seen a lot of different speeds of the game. You know, I've been around a lot of great mm. players. So I knew once the lights came on, you know, he was going to kind of he, – he was going to be what he was supposed to be. Um, we went out there and did a good job. I thought the running game was very important for him. We talked about that, being able to run the football. And they, uh, we came out there and did that well. Earl Mulligan, J.D. Morton had good, great games uh, on the other night. And um, it, it kind of allowed Jason to settle in, you know, and be the guy that he we wanted him to be. And I thought – um, he grew that night. You know, the team really saw, like, we're going to be okay with Jason Brown under center for us uh, going forward. And then, you know, the, the, the thing that I liked about him one time on the sideline, he basically called the guys up and said, um, we got to do better in this situation and, and the discipline. He talked to them about, you know, I think we was up pretty good and we kind of had things in control, but he was telling them basically, you know, let's not do nothing stupid. Let's not get baited into nothing. We need everybody for us next week. You just saw him come into his own and kind of settle in at that position for us. And my thing was, you know, Chuck, like, just don't go turn it over. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Like, give us a, give our defense a chance. Don't put them in no bad situations. And I'd always tell him to understand what's around you. That receiver room is very talented. There's still some guys out there that can make plays in that room that didn't even get, a, you know, opportunities to make the plays or didn't make the trip. You know, that are really, really good football players. And I'm seriously, when I can seriously say that. So it was good to see Jason to go out there and establish himself. What it was 22 straight completions at one point, yeah, you know, and yeah. I had no clue that was going on. I'm serious. I'm sitting there watching the game and had no clue that the kid had through for 22 straight completions. That says enough in itself right there. So um, going forward, I, I just think he, he needed that game. I'm glad for this uh, program that it happened game one. Sure thing. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, that defense was incredible as well. With that being said, uh, the test of the day, the last question I have for you, stakes in Houston or stakes in Atlanta? Stinks in Houston or stinks in Atlanta? No, stakes, as in stakes that you eat steak. Oh, stakes. Oh, I thought he was going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, I Oh, man. I'm man, Houston. <laughs> Houston, I mean, shoot, man. Houston got hey, it going on. I got on, you. Man. Next time you're down here, I got you. Okay, so. you go, appreciate hey. you coming on there. I know you got a busy schedule a lot of time. So I, I appreciate you taking out your valuable time. Game of the week for us. And so to get you both on uh, to talk about the matchup, look forward to this. I'll be all eyes on for this matchup. And uh, as we continue the years, I'll find a way to get down there uh, to see some games. And I'll be in Jackson as well, see if I can follow up on Charles's train and get behind him. Maybe he'll give me a pass or two. Hey, let me say this, though. Um, to all the fans, and I, you know me, I'm a big HBCU guy, but to all the fans, some good football going on this week, man. Tune in. Doing yeah. it, some really good games. You get the gauge. Got a lot of good HBCU football this week. Hey, support that, man, because this weekend right here, 
uh, you know, it, it's going to be truly epic, I think, this, this open weekend with some of the matchups we got. And we're going to have a lot of questions answered, you know, come Monday. You know, after Very much this so. weekend. So, hey. Yeah, and we'll be here to talk it, about it. it. You, hey, hit I'm me up. I'm glad you I'm said it, Coach, because we got it from the coach talking about <laughs> matchups, not just us. We didn't no. told you about this, and we're going to continue to give it to you. Thank you so much, Coach. Uh, we're going to take our next break. We'll be right back after that. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kinda got a sixth sense. And a head up display. They're here. I hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a law, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach us. This is Dr. Cavill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you heard it from the coaches in terms of one of our games of the week. That is that Orange Blossom Classic. You heard it from the two coaches as they prepare for this week. And it is a doozy. Turn in Sunday, ESPN, uh, as that matchup. I certainly will be watching it. Let's go and show some love for our mid-major programs. We got a top 20 matchups coming into the season. We'll only do the top seven after this. But as we get in this first week, we're doing top 21 matchups as we listed the top 21 major and mid-major programs. So with that being said, Columbia, South Carolina. Charlie W. Johnson Stadium, Carolina Classic, SIC versus the CIAA. That's Saturday, September the 2nd, 5 p.m., and it is on HBCU Go. Number one, Benedict Tigers take on number 17, uh, Shaw Bears, as they host them for that matchup there. We got another interesting game. This is a mid-major game versus a major game, but we're calling this our HBCU non-conference mid-major division game of the week. It's a bonus one for you. Durham, North Carolina, Old Kelly Riddick Stadium, Maroon and Gay, Maroon, Maroon and Gray game, I should say, CIAA versus MEAC, Old Robbery, Saturday, September the 2nd at 3 p.m. Mid-major number 14, Winston-Salem State Rams travel to number one North Carolina Central Eagles for a matchup. This one could get ugly, I'm just saying. The one that I want you to look at, Charles, and talk about, it's Jacksonville, Florida. We just talked mm-hmm. about Jacksonville, so this is a big game in a lot of ways. 
but this is a rivalry. And this is the other rivalry game in the state of Florida between two private schools. Now one NIA, the other one NCAA Division Two. Uh, we have the first HBCU of the state of Florida, Edward Waters. They'll be hosting Florida Memorial Lions, who come in 0 and 1. They lost their last matchup, a tough one, but they put up points and they face number 13 Edward uh, Edward Waters Tigers. Nathaniel Glover Community Field and Stadium, Big Cat Classic, Independent versus SIEC Saturday, September second at five p.m. Central. Charles, how do you talk about this game? Well, it'll be interesting to see how both of these teams kind of prepare going into this game, especially uh, with that hurricane uh, coming through the state of Florida. And literally, when you take a look at the path, it, it looks as though it is going right along. Uh, the West Coast of Florida and cutting across to Jacksonville. So uh, their preparation for this game is going to be uh, uh, key. Uh, you're talking about a Florida Memorial team that's coming off a heartbreak loss. Uh, but, I mean, offensively, they put up over 700 yards of offense. Uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, you take a look at it, uh, <laughs> 379 yards rushing as a team, six running backs. Uh, put up 379 Three. yards rushing. Oh, uh, 400 uh, yards rushing. Uh, 400 yards rushing. So, Elwood's defensive line, they're going to be tested tough uh, because it looks like Florida Memorial is a offensive juggernaut this season. Yeah, I agree with you right on the map. Play Bluefield, Virginia. That's not Bluefield State, the new one in the CIAA. This is historically white college. They lost 50 to 47, as you alluded to. Uh, just points galore, yards galore to be fascinating to see what takes place. Keep your eyes on that match. Let's transition to our major division games of the week. HBCU Classic uh, Game of the Week, we'll talk about that. We'll say that for last. It was the one that we had the coaches on to talk about this week. But let's go to our independent non-conference major division game of the week first. Harrison, New Jersey. Red Bull Stadium. Brick City Classic. Colonial Athletic Association, now known as the Coastal. This is a swat Saturday, September 2nd, 2 p.m. Central Time, number 17, Hampton Pirates, uh, take on number 13, Grammar State Tigers. This is an interesting matchup. Uh, Hampton has had its way with HBCU FCS programs, but there's yeah. a lot of question marks about Hampton. They hadn't had a lot of else going, but let's go talk about the G-Man. It's a brand of HBCUs out there, but a lot of people want to know, is Bramlin going to take the next step? What do you say about this matchup, Charles? That is the million-dollar question. Can Grandma take the next step? Historically, I've always said Grandma does not stay down very long. But to your point, Dr. Cavill, Hampton has had their way uh, with uh, HBCU programs over the past few years. So this is a very interesting matchup, uh, neutral field. So uh, we'll see if, uh, if the, the brand, the national brand of Grandma uh, travels up to New Jersey. I'm sure Hampton will be in there uh, nice and deep. But this is going to be a fun matchup. And uh, I think for a lot of people, uh, Hugh Jackson kind of has to turn the, turn the corner a little bit with this grammar program this upcoming season. So going to be real interesting to watch what this grammar team puts out there. Uh, I know they had a few injuries last year, lost the running back along the way. never was quite the same. It'll be interesting to see can they get offensively back into the fold. And they do go into this game with the Swags preseason defensive player of the year uh, Sunday on the Anders. Yeah, if we're in Houston, we call it candy paint. You're talking about swinging and banging yeah, those Grammys fans want to see the curve turning. They want those wheels up high. We'll see if that is the case for the icon as they talk about Grammys. We're talking about iconic. I just told you, two of the biggest brands in the game, none other than 
Jackson State and FlamU, and they will be in Miami Gardens, Florida. Hard Rock Stadium, Orange Blossom Classics, SWAC, Eastern Division, Sunday, September 3rd, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, ESPN. Man, if I had my choice, I'd fly down there, but I got a pool party to attend to. I'll get my swim in early, get some barbecue, some good food and taste. Charles, you smiling because you're going to be there, right? There with uh, yeah, I will when be there. Comes about 10 minutes to 2, we'll be on their couch, and we'll see number four, Jack State Tigers, 1-0, versus number two, Florida a and Rattlers. I want everybody to know this was a preseason poll coming in there, so Jackson was at number four. We start the poll rankings next week. They already got one under their belt. Some people say they went higher than that. But I said a top five matchup. I told you that number two, Florida A&M Rattlers. Rattlers at home in the state of Florida. But Jackson State has owned them in Florida the last couple of years, really going back further than that. New head coach, T.C. Taylor, Coach Willie Simmons, says he's ready to get off the side. He wants the trip to Atlanta. I asked him about stakes in Houston. I asked him about Miami. He says he wants to try the stakes in Atlanta with T.C. Taylor. this is going to be an awesome matchup when you take a look at them uh especially with regards to the number of uh transfers that have come in jackson state roughly 29 florida a&m roughly 28 both 17 fbs transfers you even take a look at the fcs transfers that have come into this program they're both like 12 and 11 something to that effect on paper these teams look so similar but I tell you what, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Jackson State checked so many boxes last week, uh, and you just haven't seen FAMU. But you know that they have the probably the best gunslinger in the SWAC in Jeremy Musa going up against this Jackson State secondary that was ball hawking last week. Uh, this is a real true test for this Jackson State team because uh, if you're talking about you know a boxing analogy, they step up in weight class, taking on this FAMU offense. So it'll be a fun one. Man, you talking about the one and only, rest in peace. He said the cooler side of the other side of the pillow, as he would say it back then. And you said it perfectly, boy. This is going to be a knockout. These two teams mirror each other in so many different ways. Um, and you go back two years ago, you saw the slugfest there and how that game went down to it. Jackson State jumped out and put it to them last year. I'm just going to be fascinated about this matchup. I can't wait to get into it. Uh, I just get to watch it and have all the fun and talk about it on Sunday as we debut the Sunday segment of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We'll talk about it a little more. We'll see if we can bring in B.J. Jones. We'll see if we can bring in Josh Sims Sr. as well to talk a little bit and give you a little more preview. We're going to wear you out in terms of this matchup. <laughs> we'll get the breakdown of what took place on Saturday, but we got it going on. We'll get past that. We'll give you some more shows and more insight on Thursday. But it's the new season. It's here, Charles. It's that time. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Niata Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from Inside the Lab and the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. He is Charles Bishop, the guru. He getting it done and gives you inside the numbers. Not quite like any other. He gave you some insights that you better think about if you're going to put your money on this game. Talking to Brian, you know, he likes to do all that with the magic <laughs> when you talk about with Las the, Vegas. With the, the over-under. <laughs> Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. I saw Brian with his head 
hang him down after that. He just knew he was going to make some money from Las Vegas, South Carolina, say, me, act like Charlie. I'm just saying, 80 Drew tried to warn me, say, slow down, man. With Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday, come back here at 6 o'clock. Well, we look forward. As we get into it Thursday, we got some more matchups, and hopefully we'll get you some more interviews with some coaches all next games of the week. We're changing it all up in the lab. We're going to bring him in there and get you all you need to know. Talk to some coaches as part of our game of the week. Check us out. Follow me, Dr. Yannickville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Thank you for all the lab listeners inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook, subscribe, like. Make sure you get us in there. Green Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles. Of course. Roy. Lecture. Dismissed.